Say hello, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that, despite all the warnings, still really wants to push the red button. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here? Um, here. Yeah. yeah. Attendance. <laughs> um, so I have... I'm going through a really crazy uh, life-altering thing right now. Like, I'm leaving one day job and about to start a new day job. So, like, my life is completely in appeals and I'm yeah I've just I've been super busy so I haven't watched anything new um like I said I watched Watchmen last week yeah I haven't watched anything new <laughs> yeah so I've just been trying to keep up in the minutia of all this other stuff going on so um what do we got today <laughs> it's kind of funny <laughs> so have you watched that? anything like, I haven't really had a chance to watch a lot fantastic um, unfortunately so this might be really quick I did think of a couple things that I can keep like actually super short uh, the first one. Oh is no! Just, take your time because if I didn't watch anything, well, the, and you, like I think you know. it's just I don't have a lot to say because oh, right. um, so short episode. I'm tonight. still <laughs> I'm still watching uh, Riverdale and uh, oh yeah. The part oh I, wait, I, Riverdale? Yes. So I've I've only gotten a couple more episodes since last time uh, I talked to you about it, and I think uh, the spot I stopped was in episode three. I watched part of the uh, musical episode in yeah. season or in season three. And I still don't like the musical episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's mostly what I have to say about that. Uh, so. <laughs> that's totally fine. Is that all you've watched with Riverdale? Um, yeah, pretty much. That's as far as I've gotten. Right. So I don't have a lot more to say. Um, but I do like that they're bringing more of the Gargoyle King and the Gargoyles back into it and stuff like that. So I, uh, I, I'm waiting for current Riverdale to start getting new, uh, weird again. Okay. Um, it's yeah. just... Right now, it, like I just feel like they're picking up a lot of pieces from the previous season where I'm at. Yeah. And from the clip that we're supposed to get for the next episode, it looks like we're going back to the weird. Oh, nice. It could be a Halloween episode. Probably, yeah. But it looks like we're getting back to the weird, and um, I'm really enjoying that. Cool. Um, that's probably the reason I keep watching the show. Like, these kids should not be involved in the things they're in, but they, you know, I, you know... Yeah. Absolutely, and the weirder it gets, the better it is, so I agree with that, so keep Riverdale weird, I guess. Um, and then the next thing, I actually have a, uh, what have you been eating <laughs> for this week? <laughs> so have you um, ever... <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you ever uh, watched Tell the me. show, have you ever watched the show Hot Ones on YouTube? Uh, no. Okay, oh, okay, so you're unfamiliar with the show. It's pretty popular, you know, but... I watch YouTube when it suits my purpose, but I don't, yeah. like, watch it, like... Like, it's really interesting. Um, they had, uh, so before Critical Role became a thing, I was watching a lot of, like, I was actually watching, uh, Matthew Mercer was hosting a show called Force Grey on YouTube, and it was, yeah. like, it was celebrities playing Dungeons and & Dragons, and I was really enjoying it. And then Critical Role happened, and um, I, I, it's all in my ear now because it's podcast form. And, I mean, I could watch it <laughs> yeah. in video form, but that's how I've been, I've just been getting it as a podcast. Um, but YouTube, it's not something I would like seek out and watch stuff on. I always just use it kind of more as a clip thing. Like, oh, did you see this video? And like, you know, I just, I'm yeah. not using it for shows really. So 
Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, well, there's a show called Hot Ones, which is a uh, it's an interview format show. It's like usually like 20 minutes to half an hour episodes, and what it is, it's just this guy interviews celebrities. But what he does is that while he's interviewing them, there's a plate of hot wings in front of them, and they eat eat wings while he he talks to them. So they eat the first wing, and then he asks them a question, and then they eat he, they eat the next wing, and he asks a question. The thing is, each wing uh, has sauce on it that gets hotter and hotter and hotter as they go. And as they go, the questions get more and more personal. So, like, as the celebrities like freaking out, like about like the heat of like what they're right. eating, they're they be- the becoming injuries. like more. Well, they're be- typically they become more and more truthful because they're like you oh. know their uh, inhibitions go out the window. I highly recommend it. I think you'd really enjoy it, like knowing like the kind of stuff you're into and how you're into that. That's kind of cool. Interested well, in the entertainment industry. Uh, one of the shows that I've been meaning to check out is on Netflix, and it's called Chef or Chef show yeah uh john favreau's cooking show and they're not cooking like they don't tell you how to cook they're not giving you cooking tips or like that kind of thing but they are um he just has celebrities come on and they just cook and talk <laughs> right on. so yeah. you're getting these behind the scenes stories because it's just a conversation and yeah no matter yeah. what they're making on screen they're just doing the mm-hmm. thing and having you know you get to see these people in the real and um i've seen like a couple episodes of it and it's cool i just so um anyways so the uh the hottest sauce that they eat on this show is called the uh the last dab is what they call it and it's because when you get to your final wing you're supposed to pour like a little extra dab of the sauce on it and eat it and it's like it's super hot i don't know i can't i wish i if i thought about it beforehand i would have like looked up like as far as like the scoville scale of like hotness like where it sits but it's supposed to be really ridiculous. Anyways, uh, last week at work, I found out this guy in my office actually has the last stab sauce. So a couple of us like congregated in his room and tried it out. And so yeah, I, I tried it, tried out the last dab. And, and I didn't think it was that bad actually. Oh, so <laughs> I don't. I'm not a big fan of. Well, I don't have a problem with spicy stuff, but I'm not a big fan of too spicy. And so right. I don't do a lot of hot stuff i um i kind of like to challenge myself with it a little bit so like i've done that in the past like eating stuff that's like way too hot but just like i guess i enjoy the challenge of it and i think of that because of that like i handled the sauce really well where i have like co-workers who like couldn't handle it too well so i just thought it was kind of kind of cool but i still it was kind of a cool verification where i was like yeah, I could probably be on Hot Ones, and I wouldn't be, like, freaking out like some of the other de- uh, guests on there because I didn't think it was too bad. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's my what I've been eating sec- segment sure. for this week. <laughs> sure. Um, all right. Well, since since you're watching just Riverdale now and, Pretty much, eating, yeah. and eating stuff, um, you want to talk some news because mm-hmm. we have a bunch. Um, first off, last week we talked about how Joker was almost the highest grossing rate at our movie. Like, it just had to beat out Deadpool. Officially, Joker has beat out Deadpool and is now <laughs> and now the highest grossing R-rated film of yeah. all time. So, I saw, I saw like, some tweets about how, uh, I think her name Zazie Beats um, is in both Joker and Deadpool 2. So she's in, like, the two highest grossing R-rated movies of all time or something like oh, that. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. Good for, <laughs> good for her. Um, so yeah, all right. So Joker's uh, Joker's coming back, doing his thing. Um, Stranger Things um, season four is going to wrap production in August of twenty twenty, 
so it won't premiere till late 2020, early 21. Okay, I yeah. mean, that seems about right. Like, the creators said that they don't, like, really know what direction they're going in. So, right. uh, I mean, they need some time to write it and stuff. And I remember before Season 3 came out, uh, the Duffer oh, Brothers... Oh, by the way, I'm not planning on being topical at all. I'm Usually I try and get these together, but I'm just going to bounce around the list. So <laughs> Okay. Well, no, Sorry. because... Uh, I thought about that. I was like, what story are we going to talk next? I'm like, no, who cares? The, We're the just Duff- going to it. <laughs> <laughs> the Duffer Brothers um, said before Season 3 came out, like, uh, they are going to take their time and plan out the series and it's going to they made it sound like it was going to be a few years before we got more stranger things and then it seemed like it was like within a year they were already announcing season 3 coming out and it seemed like it was way sooner than you expected so i honestly think this again like it seems way sooner than i expected it to happen but it's really cool that it is so yeah yeah, yeah. um i'm ex- i'm excited that it's coming sooner than i thought it was as well mm-hmm. um okay so are you on instagram Yes. Okay. Do you, <laughs> did you see that Jennifer Aniston is now on Instagram? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I think I might have, but it's... I actually did see this, but it was, like, kind of a it, in one ear, out the it other It kind thing. of like broke the internet, like, all of a sudden. Yeah, but I don't understand why. Well, I mean, everybody's... Everyone's, everyone's on the exchangegrams these days. No, she's on Instagram, which is great, and she posted a photo of her and the Friends cast. And, you know, look, I like Friends. I know you like Friends. Um... When I I hear it comes up a lot in conversation where when are they going to do a Friends reboot or a Friends revival or like a not a reboot. That's not a good way of putting it because I don't want a reboot of the show, but like a revival with the cast where they come back and they do like a special, like a Christmas special or some Mm -hmm. nonsense. Um, So when they posted that, I can imagine that there was a large number of fanboys out there going, (gasps) Friends revival. (laughs) Now, (laughs) <laughs> Over the years, there's been many conversations about, is there a Friends revival going to happen? And the cast keeps saying no, constantly keeps saying no. And um, I had heard a long time ago that David Schwimmer was the holdout as to why it's not happening. Yeah. doesn't matter who the holdout is, but they keep saying they don't want to do it. Um, however, because she posted that photo, uh, it came to light... Uh, they confirmed, Jennifer Aniston has confirmed that the cast is working on something, but it's not a revival or a reboot. Now, she posted the photo on Instagram a while ago on the Ellen DeGeneres show. She confirmed that they're working on something. Okay. I don't, there's nothing more than that. So it's just a completely different show? It could be a different show. It could be a movie. It could be who knows. I just thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we like that cast, we like to see them together doing things. So yeah, I just it think could it's... be an appearance in something. It could be a movie about, I don't know. Like every once in a while, you see a movie where like a real life celebrity makes a cameo in it. Maybe sure. there's a movie coming out where the Friends cast is the cameo. Kind of like the first one that comes to mind for me is um, I think it's in the I Love You Man. They have like Lou Ferrigno jumping in and out of there, like yeah. here and there and stuff. So maybe it's that sort of thing. Like the the actors are going to be appearing as themselves in something like that. So oh. I don't know. <laughs> well, this is just me speculating. Like, I mean, oh, hey, it could be anything. The, like, like the characters in the show you're watching walk into a coffee shop and then there's the friend cast <laughs> as <like>. themselves. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what the context would be, but maybe it's. 
I I didn't necessarily think that on the head of like the actors. That's a little like two on the nose. Like, oh hey, you guys hang out like this in real life. That's messed up. (laughs) Um, No, I just think it's cool having them back uh, to do whatever it is they're planning on doing. And if they don't want to do like, look. Friends tried a spinoff. They tried Joey. No offense to Matt LeBlanc. I think Joey was the mistake spinoff. I think the spinoff that they should have done was Chandler and Monica. Oh, okay, and call yeah. it And call it the Bings. They had just gotten two twin children at the end of the show, and everyone leaves, and they're moving to a new neighborhood. That's the spinoff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that would have been good. I feel like they focus-tested it, and they were like, wow, Joey's, like, so many people's favorite character. Let's do this When I think you're absolutely right. right. It would That's, make more sense to do that show. At least that was my opinion, so whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joey didn't work. That's fine. The Jennifer Aniston... So this whole, like, selfie, though, it is funny, because I did see pictures of the selfie online, but I had no idea there was, like, a big, like sort of obsession about like does this mean there's going to be a friends revival there's constantly there was a uh when i was so friends just hit their 25th what 25th wedding anniversary 25th anniversary and like um (laughs) and the lego set like 20 25th years off the air so not on television which means we've had 25 years of reruns on every channel all day long if you watch tv friends is on all day long every channel (laughs) yeah um but the uh because it's been off the air for so long, they've been doing this 25-year anniversary stuff. Pottery Barn has some Friends, like, merchandise that just hit. Uh, Lego just released the Friends Lego set, which is the Central Perk Lego set, and all the characters come. Gunther's even in the set. Right. Um, I don't know why the Lego set's not the apartment, but it's the coffee house. Um, anyway, they uh, because of all this Friends stuff going on, if, if you go back five years to their 20th anniversary, the Friends cast minus... Um, Matthew Perry, so Chandler wasn't there, was going on a – one of the producers died. and the, But because this producer was so involved with so many television projects, the cast was coming on to do like a panel discussion thing for this like event. But no one knew what was going on until that night, so everyone thought there was a big Friends revival happening <laughs> and then that night came around and they're like, oh, it's not a Friends revival. It's just the cast talking about a producer that they yeah. worked with, that kind of thing. Um, and the only reason Matthew Perry couldn't make it is because he was overseas doing a show, like a stage show, and he couldn't yeah. get away. So um, Anytime I kind of like, anytime there's like a big fandom like this and people like really speculate about this stuff, I find it like really entertaining. But I, I love it because I just love how much passion people have for these things, like friends or whatever property it is. But I also, like, have to laugh at it a little bit where just people are speculating, like, any little hint that there could be a revival. I know, I know. I remember, but you know uh, what? We do that as Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. And my thing with Star Wars is if it doesn't come directly from Lucasfilm, it's not happening. <laughs> my, one, my worst one was before... Uh, Batman v Superman came out it was like any little thing like if uh Zack Snyder sent out like a tweet if like one of the actors like put posted something on Instagram there was like a million theories for what could this mean is this character oh gonna gosh. be in the movie blah 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 and it's like it's really entertaining but it can get kind of tedious well, as well now what we learned is all those characters are in the movie they're all in the background because they were supposed to be in the Snyder Cut. <laughs> hey, hey, DC, release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> you walked me into that. Sorry. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Friends is I'm, – I'm happy that that's uh, coming. So, 
That, um, that awkward moment when you're trying to talk about the Friends revival and then your friend, your friend brings up the sp- Snyder Cut again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, hey, did you like the Pirates movies? Yeah, uh, for the most part. For the most part, so you liked one through three? Uh, like I did? I like the first two. You like really? <laughs> so then, like, two oh, is I, like two is uh, two is one of my least favorites. I hated three. Oh, I, I liked three. I, was I loved one. Yeah, so two did I. Was, two was okay. I guess at this point, I, I can't really even say like, the most part because I really only liked two of the movies. So okay, well, <laughs> I loved the first movie. Yes, two was okay. I really liked three. What was so bad about two, and what was so great about three? So two, I felt was it was two and a half hours of downtime <laughs> for okay. four, three. Okay. Like I thought you could have edited two down and tacked down in like another twenty minutes onto three, <laughs> um, and just made one movie. Okay, there was I, too much going on in two to get you to three that I felt like I was. I found myself getting yeah. very bored. In the second Pirates movie. So... And the, even in trying to rewatch it, I find myself... Same problem. I just find myself getting bored. The, the problem I had with 3 was... First of all, like, I thought it was kind of dumb how spoilers, Jack Sparrow died. Spoilers? And they brought him back to life. <laughs> so... I think everyone's seen Pirates And then you point. spend, like, the first half of the movie trying to get Jack Sparrow back, back to, to life, life. And I thought that was kind of... That, to me, felt like a big chunk of the movie that I could have done without. And then... The other thing is just some of the things they did in there was just too corny. Like when uh, I think it's uh, Davy Jones marries uh, Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan in the middle of like that giant battle while like the ship is like circle circling a giant like uh, like c- cyclone in the middle of the ocean. And I'm just like this. I just can't buy it. Like I can't <laughs> buy that these characters are getting married right now. So I'm sorry. But it's fine. <laughs> That's totally fine. One, I loved. Two, with blah. Three, I really enjoyed three, and I think I just enjoyed... There was just more of an adventure for three. Okay. And I think that was my thing, is, like, I felt like two was lacking the adventure because there wasn't... It was too much... Da- it was just too much downtime. Like, it was just too long <laughs> of a movie for what the movie was. Okay. Um, four was whatever, and the fifth one, just, I could have cared less. And I was kind of bummed with, uh, like, Kara Knightley's addition to the last movie. It was just like, oh, there she is, two seconds of Kara Knightley, and we're done. <laughs> um, but no, um, so the reason I bring up Pirates is because A Pirates of the Caribbean is reportedly being rebooted. And this is the interesting part. With the creator of Chernobyl <laughs> and the writer of Pirates 1 through 4. So we have the writer, one of the writers from Pirates 1 through 4, and the creator of Chernobyl. So get ready for a really dark, hard-to-watch Pirates movie from Disney. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you've seen Chernobyl. No, but, but wow, I, I that was kind of hard to stomach. I didn't want to watch Chernobyl cuz I knew how it ends. Oh. <laughs> just I mean, <laughs> no, I hear really good things. I just haven't had a look, chance to I watched, watch it. Look, I watched I watched about half of Chernobyl. Um, and I say I watched half, not because I didn't like the show, not because I got bored. The show's astounding, and it deserved every Emmy that it won. My problem with Chernobyl is it is such a hard watch for your stomach. Like, it is a very, it's very difficult to watch. Um, it is gross. It is just, but it's, it's so real and, like, hard-hitting. It's, like, 
just don't be expecting like it's it's so heavy that's the problem um i do plan on eventually finishing it but i don't know if i see myself doing that anytime soon so um but yeah so the so the creator of chernobyl is going to be jumping on the pirates bandwagon from what i understand johnny depp will have nothing to do with it okay so I would um, like to think in my head that Jack Sparrow has disappeared. And this is confirmed it's going to be a reboot? Yeah. Or is it a... Yeah. Okay. So... I mean, I, I do love that sort of... I don't know what you'd call it, like fantasy pirate world from the first movies. And I would really like some more adventures in there. It's just making sure that they put out a good product with a good story and it's fun again and that's kind of what i'm just hoping for so i look forward to it you know there's i feel like there's no reason why they can't make more stories in that world or a rebooted version of that world or whatever it is so right well um let's talk some dc news real quick okay did you know that there is a Lois and Clark, sorry, a Superman and Lois Lane show getting put together at the CW right now? I remember hearing a long time ago that there's rumors that they were going to do yeah, this. Yeah, there was rumors. It was all rumor before and speculation, and now it's like a legit thing. Cool. Um, they haven't. It's Superman and Lois Lane, so I don't know if it's like they're trying to reboot Lois and Clark. Yeah. The Dean Cain show, or if they're just trying to do something brand new, but it's going to be set within the Arrowverse. Okay, so thing. and it's going to be what Tyler Hecklin and yep. I don't and know who plays. And I don't remember who played her, her but, but she was in the crossover, so yeah. I mean, it's it seems like something like I don't know why they wouldn't do this. It seems awesome, so yeah, I'll yep. be there. <laughs> All right. Um, the other thing, DC news is, and this is really good news for people who want co- cohesive universes. Okay. Okay, because DC has been very, we're just going to do one-offs and see how they go. Mm-hmm. And then they release the Joker, and it's amazing, but it's a single movie. And now I'm like, oh, DC is just going to release a bunch of single movies, and it's going to be cool. James Gunn has confirmed that the Suicide Squad is directly connected to the Batman, <laughs> just like the comic books. Okay. Okay. Now, what's interesting about that is Suicide Squad is set to be released on August 6th, 2021, which is less than two months after after the Batman in June 25th, 2021. Ooh, that's fun. I know. So we're, we're, we got two-month gap between the Batman and the Suicide <laughs> Squad. The, the summer um, of Batman, right It's going to be the summer of Batman. So we don't know. I mean, it makes me wonder if Batman, the Robert Pattinson Batman that we're going to get, is going to be in the Suicide Ooh, that's, Squad. Yeah, that's an interesting It really too. makes me wonder. So um, I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's kind of weird. They're making like they're like making a backdoor. Um, I'm bummed that I have right to here. wait till 2021, mm-hmm. so that we're literally like a year and a half out, right? Yeah, we're about half a year away from yeah. So we're a year and a half out before I get to see this movie, but I'll take it, put it, get it together, and make it right. Um, but it's really cool to hear that those are directly going to be connected because. James Gunn is using actors from the first Suicide Squad film, and they're reprising their roles. It makes me wonder if, and they they've said that they've said that the Robert Pattinson Batman is supposed to be a younger Batman, but because of Ben Affleck's involvement in the other Suicide Squad movie, I wonder if we should just take it for the fact that they've just recasted the part. Here we go. Yeah, I don't. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, he's younger than Affleck, but do we just take it at face value? They've recasted the is role it? and call it a day. So now, is this because is Suicide Squad two officially called Suicide? Squad No, it's called 2? the Suicide. So Squad. So I think it's a reboot. Well, right. I mean, that's what but you have. Like Margot Robbie's point. returning. Joel Kinnaman's returning. <laughs> okay, that's so um, weird. Uh, uh, Viola Davis is returning. Like Jai Courtney's returning. Like the only person who's not returning is Will yeah. Smith. 
And it's not because he didn't want to. It's because Deadshot's not in the movie. So everything you're saying I'm excited about, but it just makes DC seem like more of a mess. Like, I, I, why is there... I mean, a, maybe. <laughs> is the Batman in a separate universe? Like, I thought it was going to be, but then you have characters from the DCEU appearing in it. Like, it just seems so... I don't know. Like, this is all really exciting news, but it just makes me more frustrated because of how much of a mess it seems to have become. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but I just... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because it's it's really weird when you start dealing with character uh, recastings. And, you know, as a comic book fan, when the image of a character changes... A lot of times it has to do with the fact that the artist has changed. You know, so I'm reading Batman. Jim Lee is doing the art. And then the Jim Lee story arc with Jeff Loeb ends. I'm referring to Hush because that's the first thing that came to my mind. (laughs) Yeah. So Hush, Jim Lee is writing Hush with Jim, I'm sorry, Jeff Loeb is writing Hush and Jim Lee is doing the art. Yeah. Well, when that story arc ends, Brian Azzarello starts writing Batman like, so he picks up the very next issue of Batman, and he's got Andy uh, Cuthbert writing, doing the art. So it's a completely different art style, so your character looks different. Yeah. Your writing's a little different, but you're still reading Batman. So at the end of the day, it's like the creative power has just changed. So if I go and I see Affleck on the screen as Batman, and then I watch the next movie, and it's not Affleck, but it's a different guy... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That goes through my head all the time, and it makes me like kind of forgive the casting changes a little bit, mm-hmm. even though we all want it to just be one guy for a while. I think, well, I think I'm okay with that mindset, but not when you're saying, like, this movie here is in a completely separate universe, but for some reason the original universe's characters are coming into it, and it just seems... I, I totally yeah. agree, and that, and that makes it a mess, but mm-hmm. we are dealing with a multiverse. So... <laughs> yeah, but I don't think, that, I don't think they're going to bring that into it, but yeah. I, not yet, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I just, I think it's great. I'm really happy to hear that it's connected, because we don't know, because we still don't know how connected Birds of Prey is, and Margot Robbie's playing Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I just, I'm worried, because I always liked, like, I like some of the X-Men movies a lot, but I still liked that X-Men was, like, kind of the franchise with the most sort of like inconsistencies <laughs> and now you know, that's like it seems like dc you know, becoming that uh, and that's kind of frustrating bren and i bren and i were having a conversation via text about this about how she's irritated with the inconsistencies of the x-men yeah. movies and it's really funny because her and i were talking about how we both really liked days of future past and then i got a text from her a while ago that said i think days of future past is the movie that messes up the whole problem <laughs> Uh, fixes it or messes, messes it, up? it up oh wow um, okay so and i thought that was an interesting statement <laughs> her and i banter like we get text messages every now and then between us about it and it just it makes me laugh when i get them so right on <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah no i hear you and it's it's p- trying to wrap my brain around the time travel of the x-men films is no different than me trying to wrap my brain around the time travel of the x-men comic books yeah. It's that, always that had sense. the weirdest consistencies and that kind of thing. And I've always just decided to take X-Men for the story that is the story. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about some Star Wars news because there's some big Star Wars news. And I'm, some of it I'm excited for, some of it I'm not. But, hey, it's Star Wars and that's that's my baby when it comes to pop culture. So, first let's talk about the Obi-Wan television show that's coming to Disney+. Plus. Okay. 
All scripts have been written, and production in the show is set to begin early 2020. All good news so far. The series will consist of six one-hour-long episodes. Again, awesome. The story will be set between episodes three and episode four. Um, I'm sorry. That's kind of, if you know Star. If you've never seen Star Wars, that's a spoiler. If you've seen Star Wars, and believe me, I'd be shocked if there's anyone on this planet. Sorry, Brent. I know it's you who hasn't seen Star Wars. Um, uh, uh, we all know that it's going to take place between those two. Movies. Yeah. Um, Deborah Chow will direct the series alongside Ewan McGregor as a partial director and producer. Interesting. Has he directed anything before? Um, I know he's directed some small indie stuff. Okay. So, um, Ewan McGregor has stated that he is relieved to finally be able to talk about a series after keeping the secret for four years. (laughs) That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Okay? Mostly because we all thought it was rumor, and here we go. I Um, think it's cool because it just makes so many of his comments make sense when people would yeah. he would be asked about doing an obi-wan movie on so many talk shows and he had to keep it hush hush so he had to do this like oh i'd love to come back you know right. if disney he, it was almost like he was in. campaigning and the whole time he's been in talks talks <laughs> yeah. to do this forever um so the show is originally planned to be a movie great confirmation there because we always thought it was a movie first because it was rumors yeah. that it was gonna be a movie okay but things changed over time. Ewan is excited to take another crack at playing Obi-Wan after the fall of the Jedi Order and focus on the lasting effects that had planned that had on Obi-Wan. Okay, sorry. And focus on the lasting effects that had on Obi-Wan. Yeah. The series will be available on Disney Plus streaming service when it comes out. Release date still to be determined. Cool. I this is awesome. This is yes. all good. There's not a lot to say about it, but I'm excited like Okay, and I have sorry, go ahead. No, I mean this is just I feel like this is one of the series that I was hoping for cuz like I really like Obi-Wan and I think this is like really exciting news for sure. Yeah. So um a direct quote from Ewan McGregor. The storyline sits between episodes 3 and episode 4. The Jedi Order was falling apart. It'll be interesting to take a character we know in a way to show him dealing with the fact that all the Jedi were slaughtered. It's quite something to get over. So that's kind of cool. We're going to get to see Obi-Wan dealing with the emotional fallout of the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Any thoughts? Any other thoughts on this? No, I mean, that last quote was cool, too, because it's, like, it's nice to see that it's there's going to be an emotional sort of ex- exploration in this movie, and it's not all going to be just action. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's cool to see. No, I feel like I feel uh, like with Star Wars, there's a little bit of a checklist. Like you have to have a lightsaber in the movie, um, you know. And you think about, and you you have to have a lightsaber in the movie. You have to have maybe a Tie Fighter or a shit. Like this, I feel like there's a little bit of a checklist with Star mm-hmm. Wars. Um, and I don't and I don't want Star Wars to be cookie cutter, but when you think about it, what makes Star Wars Star Wars? And you're just like, well, and you know, you look at the the only two spin-off films we've gotten are Rogue One and Solo, and there's lightsabers in both. Yeah. So even though they're minor appearances, there's lightsabers in both. Anyway, other Star Wars <laughs> news. So we were supposed to get a trilogy from Double D's from Game of Thrones, David Benhoff and D.B. Weiss. Yep. That is officially not happening anymore. <laughs> so I hear. Um, if you don't know, David Benhoff and D.B. Weiss were supposed to go over to Lucasfilm and write and produce a trilogy of Star Wars films. It was speculated that it was going to be The Old Republic. Now, to say that The Old Republic movies aren't happening is not necessarily true. Okay, we just know that 
David Binnehoff and D.B. Weiss are not going to be a part of whatever's going on in that vein of things. The interesting thing is that they have a deal with Netflix to do a new project. Netflix is basically like, you got to come over here and work with us. Now, David Binnehoff and D.B. Weiss, in the article I was reading, there's a nice quote from them. Basically, basically I'm going to paraphrase the quote because it's quite lengthy. It's basically, we don't want to do Lucasfilm a disservice because we have to work on two things at once. Yeah. However, there's another quote later on in the article with Kathleen Kennedy, who basically said, we hope to work with them in the future. They're great storytellers. Which means <laughs> Lucasfilm is probably looking at this going, hey, go do this thing. We still want to do a Star Wars movie with you when your schedule frees up. Which is awesome. Um, so if they were planning on tackling the Old Republic, I look at that saying, well, we might not get it as soon as I want it, but we might be still getting it. You know what I mean? I, um... I didn't know about that Kathleen Kennedy quote. I, um... We, you and I both got sent the same article. Read farther down the article. <laughs> right, and I, so. and I read an article, and I feel like I might have seen... So I read an article earlier today that had a quote from Kathleen Kennedy. It wasn't the same one from the text group that we're both in, Drew, but I think... Uh, and I think there was a Kathleen Kennedy quote in there, but I guess I didn't pay as close attention to it. The weird thing about this whole story to me, though, is, like, what exactly is Netflix going to be offering them that's better than Star Wars? Because, like, the way I feel is, like, you're doing Star Wars, you drop everything for Star Wars, and there's even people, and I don't know what the official story is, but there's even people who speculate that uh D uh left game of Thrones or did a shorter season for game of thrones so they could go do star wars i don't know if that's been confirmed at all so it just like i mean i don't i'm kind of like taking the official story for what it is i do have a friend who thinks it seems suspect and thinks that they were secretly fired from doing this right. uh, star wars trilogy and like the whole story's kind of made up or whatever. So, um, well, I have, I have, no, I just have some legit things from the article. This is uh, comes way of the Hollywood Reporter. Um, the duo claimed their new development deal with Netflix, reportedly worth two hundred and fifty million dollars, was behind their decision, and they felt they could not commit to both Star Wars and their agreement with the streaming service to develop new content. Uh, from Benahoff and Weiss. There are only so many hours in the day, and we felt we could not do justice to both Star Wars and our Netflix projects, plural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we gratefully are step, regretfully are stepping away. Um, and then later, there's a quote that says uh, from them, We love Star Wars when George built it. He built us too. Uh, getting to talk about Star Wars with him, the current Star Wars team was, a, um, was the thrill of a lifetime, and we will always be indebted to the saga that changed everything. Great. Um, I'm trying to find the Kathleen Kennedy quote real quick. Um, because it was really nice to hear what she had to say, her uh, thing. Um. Well, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, and like I said, like, I believe the official story, but if I was going to be um, uh, a skeptic about this whole thing, I could say, like, Kathleen Kennedy is just saying what sounds good in the public eye, and they actually did fire D&D &D from the Star Wars mm -hmm. movie. So, I mean, I, 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 I totally believe that she said that. And like I said, I actually believe that yep. it's, pro it's probably true. Like, they probably didn't have enough time to do all these projects for Netflix, that, which they're getting a lot of money for, um, as well as doing Star Wars. It's just the whole thing's weird because it's like, you were already doing Star Wars, like, 
how can you leave Star Wars? Well, they might not <laughs> have been know? offering $250 million. And that, yeah. Um, here's the Kathleen Kennedy quote. Uh, David Benehoff and Dan Weiss are incredible storytellers. We hope to include them in the journey forward when they're able to step away from their busy schedule to focus on Star Wars. So clearly they want them in the future when their schedule opens up. And that's that's totally fine. I'm totally happy with that statement. Um, it, I, I wish it was sooner than later, but I get it. So, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... <laughs> I feel like, and this is a thing where we could go back and forth where like, because I'm, I'm with you, like I believe what they're saying. I'm just saying I have friends who like didn't believe the official story, which I thought was interesting, but that sort of argument back and forth, we're not going to get anywhere with the exciting thing. I think we have to take from this is like, they're doing some, there are multiple things for Netflix. Hopefully they're doing some really cool stuff. And I look forward to seeing that, you know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just cr- I'm curious to see what they're going to do, period, mm-hmm. next, after Game of Thrones. Speaking of Game of Thrones, um, you know there's Game of Thrones prequels slash multiples coming? Yes, yeah. Okay. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> so what happened was, and you got to go back and kind of dig into the news a little bit, like way back when these were announced, uh, Game of Thrones, HBO basically set five groups of writers to write five prequel series. Five. That does not mean we're getting five prequel Game of Thrones series. That means what HBO was doing was you guys create your stories, do your pitch, and then we're going to pick which one we think is going to sell the best. Now, here's what's really cool. Um, there was a... It was reportedly called The Long Night. It was good, Naomi Watts was going to play the lead in the prequel series about the first battle between men and White Walkers. That is officially canceled. Um, the, it, so when I, we say the, you know, it was going to deal with the original White Walker attack, there's really no, if you look into the Game of Thrones history, there's really no houses in place at the time. It's very children of the forest, you know, that kind of stuff. And long before like the walls built and it's just, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know if it would have been as epic of storytelling. Yeah. I really don't in comparison. Cause when you're like, what sells in terms of Game of Thrones, I, White Walkers and dragons, you know. Yeah, and I think it's and I don't even know if it's as epic, but like you said, you don't have that recognizable imagery, like the world you're going to be seeing in the show is going to be vastly different than what we saw in Game of Thrones and it might be just something that and people it, and it don't was, and it was going to be set 1000 years before the events yeah, of the show. Yeah, and like I feel like people might sleep on it because it's just not what they were expecting from a Game Correct. of Thrones show. Correct. Now, the other prequel series which is actually being written by George Martin. He's co-writing the, this other prequel series. They don't have a title yet, but it's about... It's like 300 years before the events of the show, so mm-hmm. it's definitely closer to things you know. So all the houses would be in place, that kind of thing. And it's supposed to deal with the civil war that happened in House Targaryen, the Targaryen Civil War, which means dragons. <laughs> Ultima- <Right on>. Ultimately, <laughs> that's what we want, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to do another Game of Thrones show, we all want more dragons. So if you're not going <laughs> to... It's kind of like the lightsaber. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So No, it's true. It's just like, it's funny because of how much like political intricacies are in like the Game of Thrones oh, story you're still going to get all like, the political intrigue, but when you yeah, think but about <laughs> like visuals alone, like I can, you know, how many... 
No, you're absolutely right. It's just funny, like, because it just seems like it's funny to reduce it to just like I want dragons and battles and and like it seems like HBO is kind of doing that to an extent but you know it's totally true that they need to include that as well well that's the thing it's like okay you have this thing about a you have the show that takes place a thousand years before things we know nothing is familiar but except that you have this white walker guy that's cool and then you have this other show oh wait battles and houses and political intrigue and oh dragons perfect you know what I mean and like everyone to be completely honest I don't know if I would want a show about Robert's Rebellion I know people have mentioned that like why don't they do Robert's Rebellion well if you watch the show you get all the Robert's Rebellion info that you need so that's what and I think that's that's kind of irrelevant because like that's what turns me off on some prequels is like when you are being told stuff you already know is going to happen and you kind of already know how it's going to happen. It doesn't make that exciting of a watch through where if it is something like a different story where we are going to be learning something new as we watch it, it's going to be much more exciting to actually experience that. So yeah, I'm totally with you there. Correct. Um, So what's nice about that though is because then HBO can look at it and go, hey, this has a house that we know that we all want to know more about was the Targaryen family. And if there's a story to tell far enough away from the current events of the show, you know, Daenerys isn't going to be in it, but we're going to have all these other Targaryen, and we're going to see the fall of the house Targaryen, basically. You know, that's awesome, which would lead into Robert's Rebellion, which would lead into the show that we know. So, you know, (laughs) great news. One interesting thing, because I never realized that HBO, like, sent out, like, five different teams of writers, and... And George Martin was only in one of them. Yeah, and uh, what's interesting about that, though, is I feel like with how Game of Thrones ended, and, like, we've talked about it, like, we both really liked the last season, but I feel like HBO has learned this weird lesson where they're like, okay, we're going to be cautious with this. We can't put all our eggs in one basket. We'll send out five teams, and then whoever brings back, like, the best stuff, like, those are the shows (laughs) we'll green light, so. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for Game of Thrones. More, for sure, More yeah. Game of Thrones. Um, that kind of brings us to the end of the news. Uh, you want to talk the list tonight? Yeah, sounds great. All right, great. So, Ryan, time for the list. Run the thing. And now for the top five. So this le- this week's list was my list. Um I've been thinking a lot about, for some reason, I've been thinking a lot about, like, uh, heist movies. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, stealing stuff. Not that... <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a weird way of saying uh, it. I'm not, like, off being a klepto. I was just... I've been thinking a lot about them, and I've been kind of watching um, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, has a little bit of a heist in it, and uh, I've been actually watching that a lot, just because it's on HBO, so I've been just putting it on and watching it. Hmm. Um and it's made me like look at some of the other uh, heist movies out there. So I thought this would be kind of fun just because you're looking at... Heist movies are weird because you're rooting for the bad guys, technically. You know, any, like most of the people in the movie are stealing something. For the most part, they're bad guys, but they're told yeah. in a way that they're all good guys. So you root for them. So they're basically all good guy characters. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, heist films, 
Um, and when I was thinking about this list, I was thinking elaborate heist films, which means there has to be a plan in place. Like they're gonna, you know, maybe some tech. Uh, one of mine does not have that. Actually, two of mine does not have that. But there's like in terms of tech, but there's definitely plan in place. To... I feel like a couple of mine are questionable, so I have some backups if I need. But no, it's okay. We'll see how I, well, it goes. Because I was thinking about this. So, like for example, a movie that made my short list is Dog Day Afternoon. Okay. okay, have you ever seen that? No. It's basically <laughs> it's basically a bank robbery movie. Yeah. And it's probably one of the most famous bank robbery movies because it's a true story. And it's about two guys who go to rob a bank and then it becomes this big national like thing because they have to hold hostages and they try and get the bus and plane and all that. You know, yeah. that's, that's where all that like cliche stuff came from was that film. Um, but there's, aside from them robbing the bank, there really was no plan in place, but they tried to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, so I have like a couple movies on my list that are like that, but yeah. Um, so yeah. Sweet. Go ahead. Uh, this is my list. You get first pick. Yeah, so I have two honorable mentions. Um, I don't know if you do. Or no, I not, have honorable but, mentions. Uh, the first one I wanted to mention was uh, Baby Driver. So this is a movie. Um, I love Baby Driver. Directed by Edgar Wright. There's, I think there's multiple heists in this movie. Um, I really enjoyed this movie from like a directing sense, like... The way that the visuals of the movie and the music that's used pair up is really, really cool. Like, it's really striking. It's The cinematography's great. The soundtrack's great. I liked the story a lot. The reason this is only an honorable mention is because I think a little bit... I don't know how to put it into words, but certain things the movie does, I felt like, were a little too... Like, people said and did things that I don't know they actually would do in real life, sure. I guess. And even, like, the way that, like, Baby acted in a lot of cases, like, when he walks around the... Or he walks down the street and he's kind of dancing and, like, doing all this weird stuff. And I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm on board with this. So it's like, there's certain parts of the movie that I didn't like so much, but then the parts that I did like, I liked a lot sort of thing. So, yeah. Baby Driver was great. Um, that's really all I gotta say about it. I, I thought there was a weird, like... It's kind of like a down moment in the middle of the movie that I felt was ill-placed, or maybe it was just a pacing thing. But Interesting. But other than that, I just really enjoyed the movie. So. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a lot more serious than I was expecting. It looked more like... Like, the trailer makes it look way more fun, but it was yeah. a lot more serious. And, and it's uh, Edgar Wright. It is Edgar is Wright. Just, yeah. So, like, there's some quirky Edgar Wright storytelling things in there that were really, like, special, and you could tell, like, you could tell Edgar Wright had his hands all over it. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, my first honorable mention is um, uh, Wild Things, actually. Okay, I've um, never seen this. This is not really a heist film okay. per se. It's kind of like this weird backwards heist kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, this is... Uh, uh, they kind of... It's a fabricated lie in the film. I don't want to spoil it because it's, it's too freaking good. <laughs> Basically, there's a fabricated lie that creates this thing to happen and in the end a lot of money's taken legally <laughs> okay um but it really was a setup to get this done prop you know what i mean yeah. it was it was really kind of cool and then i i can't say the twist because there's many twists until the end when <laughs> okay. you finally see what's going on wow that sounds um, fun okay it's cool. a really it's a really fun movie they made like four sequels <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen them because the first one was too good. But it's yeah. but it's directed by uh, uh, John McTarran, who um, 
did the Die Hard films. It's just not that a- action packed, but it, you can see the idea mm-hmm. of. Does is there like a weird like cult following around Wild Things? Because that maybe. many sequels is kind of interesting to me. Um, I think there is, but that's because of some sex scenes that are in the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I thought that might have played into it as well. But it's but not. It's sure. not the heist the way a normal heist film would be, and that's why it makes an honorable mention. Okay, so nice. Um, so my next honorable mention is The Italian Job. Um, this is a movie that's just, like, so fun to watch. This is a movie I, I wasn't a fan of. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I thought it was okay. I just I wasn't I think, a fan. I don't know. I think um, the time this movie came out, I just remember, like, watching this movie with friends and just having a blast. And it's one of those movies that has, like, such a good cast, and there's, like, a lot of just funny catchphrases and stuff. And I just think it's a really fun time and it's it's just one of those things where when i think heist movie this is one of the first ones that pops in my head that being said i haven't watched i think this is going to be a similar list to the vampire one where i haven't watched probably as many heist movies as you like i don't know if i get oh. super into the heist movie thing but this is one of the ones that i've watched and i enjoyed a lot it's an honorable mention, so obviously I don't think it's the greatest movie ever, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. What is it? What exactly didn't you like about it? Or it's just kind of run-of-the-mill, like, I, I nothing just, special about it sort kind of thing? Of, or, okay. Kind of. And then it, like, I just I was just kind of, like, okay with the movie. Okay. I mean, I kind of, like, how about this? I saw the movie and I was like, that eh, was good. And I kind of moved on with my life. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I kind of moved on with my life, but then, like, nobody else did. <laughs> and like, I mean, I don't like, think people are like. And well, I mean, I mean, it's not like we're going to Italian Job Con, but <laughs> right. but when the movie came out, like the friends I was hanging out with, they were just like, "This is the greatest movie," and I'm like, eh, "Is it?" Right. Okay, so yeah, I, I just I kind of didn't agree with the like the status quo of like everyone I was with, and they just like loved it and. I had that one friend that just kind of ruined movies sometimes because he played them too. Like, you'd walk in his house and they'd just be on and you'd be yeah. like, oh, this again? <laughs> like, so. Did you watch it? Because I think the first time I saw this movie, it was in a group, and I think that enhanced Oh, no, I, movie, I think, I, I, think I went with a group to see it, like, okay. at the theater. Okay, I don't think we watched it in someone's house. Yeah, I think I watched it at, like, a party in high school or something, and we sure. all, like, had I mean, We actually had a blast watching it. I mean, don't it, get so me I wrong. It's that sort of a movie. It's a fun know? movie. I just yeah. didn't think it was as nearly as... The way. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> I, get you, I get what you mean. Yeah, I mean, Seth Green is probably my favorite part like, about the movie. So. I think sometimes things are, like, magnificent, and they deserve the praise they get. And sometimes things are just good, and they get a lot of praise because you can't say a lot bad about them, but they're not really as great as other things. But <laughs> sure. there's no reason they can't get the praise sort of thing. And this is probably one of those things. So. Sure. Um, well, my next uh, honorable mention is uh, Ocean's Eleven. I feel like I'm gonna get. I feel like that's sacrilege for me to say it's not in my top five. Um, but Ocean's Eleven is a really fun movie and it's exciting. And um, uh, yeah, it's just it's a really great movie and it's exciting and it's the perfect example of what a heist film is. There's a plan. They're gonna steal the money from the casinos. There's a lot of tech involved. There's a lot of security involved. There's a ma- there's a crazy multiple twists throughout the movie and you're just like oh wait that's what's going on like really fun stuff and the cast is astounding what bothers me about Ocean's Eleven is it was so good that they decided to make two sequels that were mediocre and um and I'm talking when I say Ocean's Eleven I'm not referring to the original one with Frank Sinatra I'm referring to the new one with uh um George Clooney and Brad Pitt yeah that first one is a solid movie Ocean's 12 and 13 watch them if you want but I, they don't nearly are as good, so for me, it's a one and done with that trilogy. 
Okay, so that makes sense. I um, so I've actually never seen any of the Ocean's Eleven what? movies either, <laughs> and I don't know what it is. Like I said, I haven't watched a ton of heist films. Right, but I'm gonna say I this: think... you need to see Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I, I know it's not in my top five, but I, I'm surprised. For some reason, I feel like I might have seen the second. Like I, I might have seen Ocean's Twelve, but I think I don't know what it was. But when I saw like trailers for this movie, I felt like I got like I saw a trailer and I'm like, I got it. I get what it's about. Star-studded cast, heist movie. Yeah, I've seen it before. And, like, I don't think... And, like, I probably need to give it a better chance, but this is, like... I mean, this is... Well, how about like this? You came 15, over, you came over on, ha- you came over came on Halloween, and you borrowed John Carpenter's Vampires after we talked. <laughs> and I still, ha- I still haven't watched it. When, but, you uh, get done, yeah. when, when you get done with John Carpenter's Vampires, bring that back. I'll give you Ocean's okay, Eleven. And then you can, I can have a conversation I mean, I'm sure it. it's really great. I know people like it. I think just... Something didn't draw me in with how it was marketed, and I just kind of slept on it. That's that's fine. All right, well, enough on Ocean's Eleven. What's your actual first pick? So my actual first pick, and this is... This one's totally a heist film, but it is kind of questionable because of the movie, and that's Inception. No, (sighs) Inception... Because Inception... All right, I see... How about this? I know why you're getting the heist. Yeah. And I definitely... It's planned out like a heist, but it's more... It's kind of No, it is a heist because they're trying to get... They're trying to get the idea. Hmm. They're trying to plant an idea in someone's head, and as opposed to steal something. But the the idea they want to plant is to give them what they want to steal. Yeah. So and technically, yeah. Yes, I totally understand. And what you're and, and the way it's built up, it is uh, the way they have to assemble the group and make a plan. Yep. It totally yep. follows it's, that heist. It's, it's a heist film, in my opinion. So. And if you Google heist films, it's one of the first ones that shows yep. up. So. Yep. <laughs> but yep. uh, Inception's a heist film. Sorry, I totally. This is a movie that's it's really exciting. It's really interesting. Um, if you haven't seen it, I mean, go watch it. It's amazing. But like, if you haven't seen it, the reason why we're saying it's so weird is because it's about um, going inside of people's like. Uh, subconscious like through their dreams and like taking information out of that and then Inception is putting an idea in someone's head and that's what they end up trying to do Uh, this is getting like really esoteric but um, it's just because of the whole science fiction of like sharing dreams and going inside of people's dreams and stuff that's why it becomes this is like a really weird conceptual like heist film dimension I guess but um, this movie is just like it's really good. It's really exciting. Um, the music is great. Um, oh, who's the composer? Who Hans did, Zimmer. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. I don't know why that name escaped me right now. Usually Hans I Zimmer does right everything away, Christopher Nolan yeah, does. Yeah. So. Um, but he, like his soundtrack in the movie is amazing. Um, the reason this isn't higher on my list is there's one thing that bugs me about this movie, and it's really nitpicky, and that's that they never explain how like the dream sharing technology works and it's kind of just this thing where they say like yeah we have this technology that you can share dreams with but they don't go further into it than that besides just saying it was developed by the military and i found it a little bit hard to suspend my disbelief because what they're hooking up to themselves really just looks like an IV. So it's like you hook an IV up to yourself and then you can it's go like, inside someone's dream. Well, it's almost like, like there's a chemical that puts you to sleep, but then there's something that allows you to go into the dream. Like this, It's like it induces the dream state 
I yeah. guess you could say. But okay, how see, you go that in, how sense. you go into other people's dreams, that's the part that I don't understand. And and that's the only thing, like literally the only thing I didn't like about the movie is because I was just like I wish they gave us an explanation there, and plus it is science fiction, so you want there to be that scientific explanation well, there. Well, and know? what's really interesting is you bring that up. Now, because it's science fiction, this is not a heist film, but in the movie Looper, there's a really great scene where, because my thing with time travel movies is I always want the time travel explained. Yeah. Like, like you got to make me believe the time travel. So, in the movie Looper, when... Uh, young Bruce Willis is talking to old Bruce Willis and he's like and he starts asking questions about time travel because old Bruce Willis has come from the future old Bruce Willis says look if I start having this conversation with you we're going to be here all day making diagrams (laughs) of straws okay just know that I'm from the future this is a real thing this is the problem we have to deal with at this time yeah and it's really kind of cool to like hear it that way because that is the writer of that film saying that is the the mechanism that caused the time travel is not important. Focus on the story yeah. and enjoy the ride. And I think so. it's the same in Inception, but I just wish, like... So what you're saying right now about the IV having, like, a drug in it that induces, like, Induces dream the dream state. state. It gets and you to REM slap I like from. that, but then I kind of wish... That's how I had, took it. I kind of wish there was something more, like, there was something, like, they had to wear a helmet or they had to, like, hook something sure. to their ear again, or something. Again, based how do their, you... How do you enter someone else's dream? Exactly, yeah. With multiple people and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I agree. So, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> and, you know what, and you know what? We're never going to know. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up the ending of the movie, the final shot of the film. That's what I thought you were going to bring up. Oh, no, no. That t- I loved oh. that. Like, that didn't bug okay. me at all. That's what I thought you were going to mention. I'm like, well, that's meant to be the eternal conversation. <laughs> no, yeah. No, no I, I, so, I love that sort of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. and I love the eternal conversation when it comes to that stuff. So. Um, except if it's about the Italian job. <laughs> uh, yeah, except it's about the Italian job. Um, well, my first... Uh, actual pick of the evening. Wow, we're actually going longer on this than I thought we were. Um, we we still have four more picks to go. Yeah. Each. Uh, my first actual pick of the evening is Inside Man. Have you seen this movie? Yes. Spike Lee directed. <laughs> Denzel Washington. We, we, we actually Ballin. we actually matched on this. Okay. One. Inside. Oh my god. Is that was that your next one you were going to talk about? No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but close. Um, no. This movie is so good in terms of how it's put together. It's such a well well crafted movie. Um, and I lo- like it's so great when the movie opens and you see Clive Owen and he's looking at the screen and he's like, um, and he says, you know, listen very carefully because I never repeat myself. And, you know, he's doing this stuff. Yeah. And he's laying it out and you're just like, and then you get to see these clips and they're doing this weird like backwards way of showing you the, um, the, the heist, heist yeah. in like a weird order because like they, they would cut to show the police interviewing one of the hostages yeah. And then they'll cut, and they'll show you a little bit more that went on in the bank, and then they cut back to the hospital. Like this. Is this the one that doesn't have the big plan you were talking about? No. Okay. Well, I mean, this is one that, like, there is a really intricate, really interesting plan in place for how the heist is pulled off, but it doesn't... Unless I'm forgetting it part of it, it doesn't... as you watch the movie. Yeah, it's, you don't it's see not them like, set it up. Yeah, you don't have that huge, like, planning montage and stuff no, where and, they're getting ready for the heist. And, and uh, now that you say that... Um, yeah, actually, all of mine, no, no, one, two, one, four of my picks don't have the planning montage. It's all, like, embedded in the film, and you see it (laughs) Right, right. Um, (laughs) um, but no, like, this is a perfect example, um, of how this, uh, 
of a heist film, and I love the part where Clive Owen, he's talking to Denzel Washington, and Denzel Washington kind of threatens him with how they're going to catch him, and he's like, how do you expect to get out of the bank? Like, how do you expect to get out of here? And yeah. he says, I'm going to walk right out the front door. And it's so cool the way it all, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool when you get mm-hmm. to see how that sentence plays out if oh, yeah. you've not seen the movie. I so. think um, Clive Owen and uh, Denzel Washington have such a really cool, like, bantering back and forth throughout the whole movie like their character dynamic the way they play off each other is really really interesting and it's like it's kind of cool how um they're on opposite teams like denzel washington is a cop and clive owens robbing the bank but you they have almost like this mutual respect for each other that comes through in a lot of cases and it's like it's really like it's really well written the way it's played out um the thing you mentioned about at the beginning of the movie, you hear Clive Owen's voice and he says, like, you'll have to pay attention because I never repeat anything. That's kind of like, it, it is a bit of a warning clear, for this I speak movie. clearly, like, I speak, yeah. I speak clearly, I speak direct, I never repeat anything. Like, yeah. I don't remember the monologue, is, but it was such an amazing But it's, it's such a good way to set up the movie because this is a movie that doesn't waste words. Like, you have to pay attention and it's like... It's really cool how it all unfolds, but you can, if you space out for a minute or two, you could easily get lost yeah. for a little bit. But yeah. Yeah, definitely a great film. I liked this one a yeah. lot. Uh, since we matched, I guess that goes back to me. Yeah. All right, so the next one I'm going to talk about is uh, the movie Reservoir Dogs. Okay, awesome. This is not, did we match on this? No, no, okay, we didn't. This match, is but... not, this is probably the one that's the most non heisty in mm-hmm. terms of like the heist because the movie starts after the events of the heist. And they're picking up the pieces as to what went wrong because it didn't go the way it was meant to. <laughs> um, this is one of my favorite Tarantino films. Um, the cast is phenomenal. The script is phenomenal. The cinematography is... Like, everything about this movie is, like, perfect. And I don't say perfect to a lot of films. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Did you have any thoughts yeah. on Reservoir Dogs? Or... Uh, not necessarily specifically, but, yeah, great pick. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, Reservoir Dogs, it's just so good. Um, so... Nice. Um, that actually, I, did you have more to say at all? Um, I can't, the song uh, Stuck in the Middle with You, yeah. I cannot hear on the radio or out in public. Like, if I hear it, I automatically think of that movie because of the scene when they torture the cop. And it, I can't, <laughs> I can never get that out of my head, and I will always think of the movie because of that song. Right so. on. Um, oh, going into my next pick, because I'm actually kind of glad you said that one, because my next one is kind of a little bit on the same lines as far as like not having the big planning and kind of questionable and that's the movie Snatch. And there oh, is a heist in this yeah, movie but it's you. the opening scene when they yeah, steal yeah, yeah. the diamond. Um, and then it's kind of like the way the movie unfolds from there is just like kind of all the shit that happens afterwards. And this is a movie that um, the biggest thing I can say because this movie when you look at the plot on paper is kind of really convoluted <laughs> because like it is but it's like this really crazy story about like kind of this criminal underworld that's going on uh, primarily in London but between like London and the United States and kind of like all these people who are kind of at the same time battling over this diamond that was stolen as well as trying to um, it gets involved with, like, underground boxing and kind of, like, rigged, like, boxing matches and stuff like that. Brad Pitt's um, awesome in this movie, too. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's Brad Pitt is in it. There's uh, Benicio Del Toro, Jason Statham. A lot of other actors that you would recognize but might not know their names. But this is such a fun watch. Like, this is such a fun movie. And it's kind of like 
that's the thing is like this is a Guy Ritchie film through and through. If you like his stuff, you'll love this movie, but it's so fun. And that's like the biggest thing I can say about it is like such a fun ride. It is hilarious, but it's like really it's like a really cool, fun crime story too. So Yeah. Um Yeah, everything you said about Snatch. Yeah. I just I that's, I, I don't know how to add on to it. Yeah, yeah, but that's the only thing is like I didn't know if you were gonna deny it just because there's a heist in it, but it's the same thing where the heist happens right away, and then it's like all this crazy stuff happens. Yeah, and that's so I, I totally understand where you're coming from. So yeah, I, I mean I count it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna the next one I'm gonna talk about is I know that our brother Scott is probably listening to this in the car right now, <laughs> screaming at us because we haven't brought this up yet, um, and that's the movie Heat. Yeah. Okay. This um, is a this is one we've talked about this before. I've never seen Heat. Oh man, yeah, dude. <laughs> Sorry. All right. No, it's all good. Heat. Michael Mann directed. This movie is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like, just talking about it right now, I haven't said much, but it makes me want to watch the movie. Um, Val Kilmer, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, um, uh, Ashley Judd's in this, Tom Sizemore. This cast is massive. It's really great because it's it's the quintessential. There's a heist at the beginning of the movie, and you see this team. They knock over an armored truck, and they have the one guy that's like filling in but he's the <laughs> yeah. questionable like douchebag that like you know kills the the armed guard and they're just like and everyone freaks out like what are you doing and then it like completely messes up the heist yeah well that plays into like a subplot of things going on and then you get into the minutiae of um the the rest of the story leading up to this other big bank heist and it's great because like they're robbing these banks but they're doing it in these very tactical like violent ways but they're doing it correctly and the cops are on their tail the whole time trying to catch these guys like it's the movie's great but this is like al pacino and robert de niro probably not just in their prime but at the peak of their acting careers Mm -hmm. you know and you throw them in a movie together and you just see the magic happen yeah um yeah he I've heard I've heard great things about this one. It's kind of a it's it's a lengthy movie. Yeah, it really is a long movie to watch. Um, but yeah, it's so good. This one's a little bit where it's just kind of like a little bit before my time sort of thing. Like sure. I just yeah. wasn't at the age to or sure. you know to see it when it came out. But uh, it's kind of funny. I was while you were talking about it, I remember uh, there's this old uh, Jim Gaffigan joke <laughs> where he's talking about like. Have you ever seen, like, the idea of, like, when you see a movie for the first time, but it's, like, something everybody else has seen, and so you're tr- you want to talk about it, but nobody else wants to talk about it because all the hype has died down? <laughs> right. And he's like, you know, when you walk in the room, and he's like, hey, you're, 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 like, you're like, hey, I just watched Heat, guys. Does anybody want to <laughs> talk about Heat? And then people are like, Heat, didn't that come out, like, two years ago? Right. Yeah, but I want to talk about it now. And, like, that yeah. would totally be me once I watch this movie. Is like, Well, I feel like thing. Heat is an exception where if you talked about that, like, hey, I just saw Heat for the first time, there's at least four people in the room that are going to go, <laughs> what? Seriously? Let's talk about this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. So, your go. Yeah. Okay. So, my second to last pick um, this is one that uh, I actually talked to you about after the show last week because I didn't know if it counted, but uh, it's Mission Impossible. So this the first is, one. Yes, the first yeah. one. Uh, this is one where it's such it's weird to have an espionage movie on like a heist list, but the way they steal the knock list in this movie is such a like typical like heist format to it, and it's like like I said earlier, I think of 
when people say heist movies, Italian Job is one of the first ones I think of. This is one of them where it's like one of the first ones I think of that did the actual heist so well, where it's like, this is the kind of like heist I want to see in a movie because it's so oh, right. cool and like the way they get into this impenetrable uh, security system and stuff is so interesting and I just love that whole aspect of this movie so much. And, like, and the scene where he explains the security problems. Yeah. And the other people in the group are like, and you think we can do this? And he's <laughs> like, we're going to do it. And then you get to see it. It's so great because <clears throat> you get to see it come into fruition of all the security problems and yeah. then things go wrong and then things go right and everything. But I love the scene when he's in the air vent and he's like checking the sound and he's like, from this up, this moment on, complete silence. And then if you're in the theater... You notice it in the theater more than if you're watching it at home, but it's silent. It's like almost deafening how silent the movie is at this point, and you have to watch it, and yeah. you're at the edge of your seat, and the silence becomes the soundtrack, and you're just like, <gasps> like yeah. this, you know, so. It's like in um, The Last Jedi when uh, Snoke sh- sh- shipped, uh, when Snoke's ship gets uh, split in half, Oh, like that scene, and yeah. like how, I don't know about for you, but for when I saw it, like, the theater was absolutely silent. Like, you can do that? What the hell? I remember yeah. hearing about, maybe it was on even a podcast or something, somebody saying that at that part of the movie, some kid just all of a sudden said, wait, what? <laughs> really you, can, you can say anything. You, like, look, you can if you dislike The Last Jedi, that's fine, but everyone has to admit that that scene like was breathtaking. Oh yeah. Um but back to Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, Mission Impossible all leads like the opening of the movie starts with a heist because of the events of that heist lead to the big heist in the middle which yeah. leads to the big heist at the end of the film. Yeah, too. that's true. There is like three heists in there and I always like think of the middle one right away, but yeah, you're right. But it's espionage and they're rolling at the they're they're rolling with the punches because they have to it's a think on your feet kind of thing to find out what really happened at the beginning mm-hmm. of the film. Cuz yeah. that's the thing. What happened at the beginning of the film, all the events leading all the way to the end. When you get to the end, it's all about what really happened at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Mission Impossible is great. I loved it. I watched it way too many times. <laughs> I will say though, if you are, if you at all are inclined to watch Mission Impossible, the movies just get better as they go. Um, two is a little questionable, but after that, it's just. Um, <laughs> I really, I I want to watch two again, but I really didn't like it when I first watched it. So two, you know what's interesting about two, and this is a big tangent. Uh, Mission Impossible two for me is very. Um, I like it a lot because it's Mission Impossible, and it's a little biased opinion. And I understand the complaints with it because they chose a director for a specific time period with a specific directing style. Yeah. The story, however, is something that I've always enjoyed in terms of storytelling. So I kind of forgive a lot of things to enjoy this thing. Okay. This other stuff. Yeah. Um, And Tandy Newton's in it, and she's fantastic. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So my next pick is a movie called Confidence. Okay, never seen this never one. Seen have this, you talked heard. about this one before? I may have. Okay, yeah. I may have. Um, Edward Burns, Paul Giamatti, Rachel Weisz, um, Dustin Hoffman. It's this is a mo- this is a true con man heist film where basic basically at the beginning of the movie, this con man and his team are r- trying to rip off this guy. Yeah. Turns out this guy is connected to like a crime boss kind of a guy. And this crime boss is like, it's okay, it was a misunderstanding. Like, you didn't know he was connected to me? I get it. 
So let's work together. How can we pay this off? Why don't you go do this to this guy and then pay me back? You know, you, it starts out that way and then the movie takes off. <laughs> but the way the way the story is told, it's told from like a first-person perspective with narration and all that stuff. And then you see how this plays out. Um, some of the, like, there's great things in there where it's like putting on a con is like putting on a play. Everyone knows their part except for the mark. And when you think about that or like when they talk about how doing, putting on a, playing a con or putting on a heist like this is like playing a chess game. You have to see the ending first before you can actually put, you know, when you see how they put things together, it just makes the movie that much cooler. It really does. And it's almost like watch it and you're going to go, whoa, that was great. Watch it a second time and you're going to go, holy crap, I didn't see that. Watch it the fifth time and you're going to go, this movie's phenomenal. And I I watched it the first time, loved it, caught everything. But this, yeah. it's, a, it's a heist film that I watch over and over and over again because it's so well crafted of a story. So I highly recommend it. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Confidence. <laughs> Just because I haven't seen it, I don't have a lot to yeah, say. Yeah, no, about it's all it. good. I just that <laughs> sounds yeah. really cool. Um, that would lead into my my last pick, um, and this is another one that's kind of weird, but uh, I picked Rogue One. Oh, you know so, what? That's that's interesting. I you know I don't know why, but I did not think of Rogue One as yeah, a heist film. And I was it's putting not my list like together. you look you look it up and it's not listed, but it totally is when you think about how it is this movie where they kind of they build the team and then they have to concoct this plan to uh you know steal the death star plans and it's kind of by the end it it really is a heist film and it even goes through a lot of those sort of things like you have this plan but of course things go wrong and you have to run with it um this is a movie that i mean out of the newer star wars movies it's one of my favorite favorites i think um after Force Awakens, this movie came out, and I think it really did a good job of... And I know this is supposed to be about heists, and that's the problem, is I'm going to end up talking about Star Wars, but I thought Rogue One did we such already a good went on, job. We've gone on a few tangents like, already. Uh, such a good job <laughs> of bringing in like prequel elements into the new Star Wars movies, like... Even little touches, how like Gareth Edwards like put a uh, Gungan in the background in one scene, and like how they brought in a uh, Saw Gerrera, and um, just like the tone of this movie, it was just like so like serious, but it was kind of like cool that it was so serious because it had that sort of weight to everything that happened, and uh, I mean it ends up being like a really tragic story, but I think Rogue One's like one of those movies that like I think it hit me like in a really cool way emotionally and I think it's one of those movies that I can kind of save for like a rainy day and it's just like a I don't know it's just one of those like rainy day movies for me I think and you can watch it multiple times and get new things out of it and I mean I don't know if you have any thoughts on it at all or um I could talk about Rogue One and Star Wars all night that's a whole podcast <laughs> right um, I love this movie it's a little biased opinion because I'm such a Star Wars fan yeah um but this everything you're saying is correct and I just never thought of it being a heist film yeah. when I was putting this list together because and I wasn't I, I just wouldn't think in Star Wars and, and it's, I probably it's should have this probably like, would have made my list had I in hindsight yeah. but. and it's one of those things where I didn't think of it right away either but as I was thinking about it I was like I think Rogue One is, you know, and it is like they're stealing the Death Star plans, like it is they're, a heist, and it's, it's like it's a heist film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the whole, I mean, the whole point of the movie is to get those Death Star plans so they could destroy the Death Star, mm -hmm. and that's that's the whole film. And then when you watch that opening crawl for Episode Four, and it describes the events of Rogue One, you're just like, 
oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, you know, So technically, when you think about it, A New Hope is the original Star Wars movie. It's the very first one to release. But you, you read the opening crawl before you watch the movie, right? You read the first Star Wars movie story before you watch A New Hope. Rogue One is technically the first Star Wars story. Right. Yeah, it makes so. sense. And I think this is a cool, like, thing. I don't know. I think the way... When you look at Rogue now, if you're One... Gonna, if you're, I don't think you should watch Rogue One first before you watch all the <laughs> Star Wars films. It's just in a weird backwards way of thinking. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I think when you watch Rogue One, though, I think... Uh, because, like, this movie is a good example of how, like... Like I was saying, you have your plan to pull off your heist, and then things go wrong, and you have to roll with it. And in a good heist movie, it has this, like, sort of, like... Um, like crescendoing um, uh, intensity that goes throughout the whole movie and by the end of the movie like it's just like you're on the edge of your seat and I think that's the mark of a good heist movie is like are you on the edge of your seat are you like you know just want so badly for the characters to pull off this heist and then when you finally see it it's like just an awesome feeling, yeah and you know? even though I know they have to get the Death Star plans off for the other movie to happen it's intense. Oh, yeah. Like, it's really intense. And you're just like, are they going to make it? We're <laughs> yeah. running out of time. I'm looking yeah. at my watch going, seriously, we're not there yet? You know? <laughs> so, and I know there's a big scene that, that was, you know, advertised. It's in the movie, and we haven't seen that yet. Like, there's oh, all yeah. these things in my head when I was watching the movie that, like, we haven't seen this, we haven't seen this, we haven't seen this. Release the Edwards cut. Yeah. No, <laughs> there is an alternate cut of that film. Mm. But I don't know if it would alter the feeling of the film. I don't know either, yeah. And not like the Snyder cut. DC, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> or Warner Brothers, if you're listening. DC probably doesn't care. They're like, yeah, release it yeah. or not. Um, all right, so my final pick of the night is a movie I've talked about in the past. It is my all-time favorite movie. It's the movie Out of Sight. Um, it's basically a bank robber movie. Uh, bank robber falls for a U.S. Marshal and vice versa. It's an opposites attract love story. He, George Clooney, is basically trying to get caught by Jennifer Lopez, and Jennifer Lopez is trying to catch George Clooney, but... They are falling for each other at the same time. So it's this, it's, but in the end, there's this heist that is like driving the point of the story mm-hmm. to get the characters from point A to point B is all about this one heist that's about to happen. Um, so I don't think I've seen this, um, but well, it seemed really familiar. It's the, and, the movie itself, it's a very, it's, it's well crafted. This is one movie that I would mark as a perfect film. It's well crafted story. It's amazing acting, and this is one of those movies that if you watch, if you watch it like multiple times and pay attention to the actors and their facial expressions, like Jennifer Lopez is phenomenal in this movie. Like I've never had a problem with her as an actress, but as I watch this film multiple times, like you see these subtle little facial reactions. Like she has facial expressions that are reactions to lines that she's not even part of, but her character clearly heard the line, and they're just so subtle, and you're just like, God, that's brilliant. You know, and (laughs) I don't know if it was direction or her as an actor making a character choice. It's brilliant. But if you watch these characters, Don Cheadle's in it, Steve Zahn steals the show. He's one of the funniest characters in the show if you're paying attention to his dialogue. Like, it's hysterical. (laughs) Or watching the visual gag in the background. It's not meant to be a gag, but it's literally there to be funny. You just have to see it, otherwise it's, you know... Yeah. So... This is a weird one. Like, I feel like I might have seen this, but it's, like, one of those things, like, I was a kid and it was on HBO, so I watched it or watched part of it. Because a lot of what you're saying is sounding familiar, but I honestly can't and really this, remember And the heist the movie, in this movie you know? is, it's not it's not a lot of tech to it. It's, like, they know what they're stealing. They know what they got to do. It's really, like, put the plan together and go. 
and the plan gets kind of like fudged along the way, and then it's more of an improvisational, well, here we go, we're here now, how do we do this? <laughs> yeah. And it gets improvised, and you don't have a choice, and then guns come out, and it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's such, and it's a, it's a star-studded cast. Steven Soderbergh, his directing was great. There's some cool camera tricks in it that are part of the storytelling, which I thought was interesting, where like certain camera tricks are visual until a certain point in the movie, and then those camera tricks are gone. Hmm. And then it's because of it's because of the storytelling. So those camera tricks don't take place after the certain point in the film, and you know it's it's really really cool. Hmm, so neat. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yes, so I've, was... I've talked about it before. I can talk about it ad nauseum. <laughs> um, it's on HBO right now. It's the the movie was released in 1998. Um, I saw it in theater, fell in love with it. It's on HBO right now, so I've been watching a ton of it because it's. On. I own the movie, <laughs> nice. but it's, yeah. it's lazy for me to just grab the remote and say out of sight and then just let it play. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, that's the end of your list, though. That's the end of my list. So there's one movie or series of movies I'm surprised we didn't talk about was Ant Man. I thought, like, that might have made an honorable mention. You know, mention, I thought Ant Man might bring it up. I, It didn't make. It... Ant-Man hasn't sat with me long enough to make my lists. Yeah. It, Ant-Man's a great heist film. It really is. And it was Marvel going, well, we got this character. We might as yeah. well make a heist movie, you know. I like it, but I actually feel like it's not heisty enough. Like, it is That's a heist an film, segment. and it is, like, it is kind of cool to see a superhero heist film, essentially. But I felt, when I watched it, I remember feeling like, I wish I got more of a heist feel from this whole thing. And maybe it's, like too much of the uh, heist aspects to it was just uh, chalked off to being like, well, Ant-Man can change size, so of course he can get through this tiny, like, air vent or whatever, and I kind of wish... Heist movies are cool when there's, like, limitations on the characters, I think, and maybe there just wasn't enough of that in Ant-Man for me to get into. Like, I like when it's, like, like that Mission Impossible thing. Like, it's an impenetrable security system but you're still going to find a way to get in right. and that's what i like and maybe that was a thing like ant-man didn't have enough of that limitation for me but i still like the movie a lot i just was surprised we didn't talk about it um there's another series of movies i'm actually glad we didn't talk about and that was now you see me i don't know if you've seen those but i wasn't that big of a fan of those films i'm getting kind of a blank who look for me uh Sorry, now, now you see me those movies oh I, I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan of those. I really but. liked the first one, um, but it also seemed there was a lot of it that seemed very too easy. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, I so. kind of like to me like the idea of a heist film about magicians sounds so amazing, and I remember not being that amazed by the movie. So I think I like. I think it's like a cool concept that could have been done better, but I don't want to be like being too negative about the movie on here. I just right. thought that might have been another one that we might have brought up so right yeah no i just i now you see me was a lot of fun i just there was some stuff in there was too easy like some of the magic tricks were like it seemed kind of planned so if you were really really if you were the investigating police officer for example (laughs) and you were really paying attention (laughs) right (laughs) the movie never would have happened and that's part of my problem with it because you would have seen right through a lot of it so Mm -hmm. yeah um, anyway, that's the end of the list for the night. Um, you, it's your pick for next week. Yeah, I've got a really weird one, and I hope this one's cool. Um, but it's uh, so I want to do our top five superheroes that you think you could take in a fight. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so we're gonna do a list of the top five superheroes that you think you could actually beat up. Oh my goodness! So. 
the thing here's the thing is like I I don't want to say we're like essentially Batman where we have unlimited like money to put behind us but I will say like I think it's like uh, I think it's okay to use weapons in these fights for okay. sure um, this, Crypto- get, this is gonna Kryptonite be a short conversation be, by the way I'd like it'd be kind of cool to keep it to like real weapons like not say like I have kryptonite sort of thing like actually like oh, real sure, world yeah. weapons but Basically, this what could, we're doing this could is be a, this could be a very short conversation. We're trying to. That's ass- the only thing I don't like about the list, but that's <laughs> we're, fine. We're trying to assemble like basically the worst superheroes we can find and figuring out how we can take them out. So it is a. Tough oh, I list. have to figure out how I'm going to take them out. Well, I would assume like All if right. we're going to be talking about it, you'd at least talk about your strategy or how you think you could beat. I have them, I so. have two right now that are just okay. Yeah. There, there there are some useless superheroes in both the DC and Marvel universe. <laughs> you, if you want, you can branch out. There's a lot of like cartoon shows and stuff that have useless ones too. So I just think it'll be a fun conversation have, to have. <laughs> I got two off the top of my head, and they're so stupid. Um, but yeah, so we'll talk about that next week. Um, all right. Well, and that being said, uh, please check us out on our website, uh, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook. You'll also find a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. If you want to interact with the show, head us up there um, or at our social media. We are on Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Um, please subscribe to us. Uh, there you'll, If you do, you'll not miss a single episode. And... Um, you can leave us a review. We love the five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better, and it makes the words say we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be spreading the word that eventually Di- David Benioff and D.B. Weiss will be stepping down as executive producers on the Pirates of the Caribbean reboot to focus on their upcoming series for Crackle. <laughs> 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 there's a lot to unpack there. there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there uh, that I don't know is worth unpacking um, alright well, well it will be you'll see <laughs> All right, it's all well, coming together for the top five report I'm Drew I'm Peter and we'll see you all next week thank you for listening Good night.